0: Hi, I'm Shariat and this is the Indie Travel Podcast guide to Saigon. Saigon is the largest city in Vietnam and considered the financial hub. However, even though it's Vietnam's most modern city, you'll be amazed at how old-fashioned it seems. In fact, the old the old culture and the new culture intertwines on the streets every day. You'll see women wearing conical hats, carrying heavy bamboo yoke baskets, selling the latest seasonal fruit. You'll find cyclo-drivers and bikes packed with kids, slowly navigating the more modern traffic of motorbikes and cars. You'll see young women walking around in their ao yais, a traditional Vietnamese outfit of a long shirt and pants. And beside them will be a more modern woman in high heels and a suit. You'll find people scattered all over the sidewalks in the morning, eating their breakfast of soup and coffee... And you certainly won't find McDonald's or other big Western chains. And this is the reason why I moved to Saigon, for these cultural scenes, something that's really dying out as Southeast Asia evolves to integrate into the modern world. I traveled throughout Vietnam two years ago, and I enjoyed it so much that I decided to come back and live in Saigon as an expat. So this is my take on what to see and do in Vietnam. Uh, Some of its traditional tourist activities and some are things that I recommend as a local resident off the tourist trail Let me take a moment to mention that today's episodes are sponsored by a Southeast Asian travel website Travelfish.org Travelfish.org That's Travelfish.org Helps independent travelers get off the beaten track in Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam It's the only site of its kind that sends real, live researchers anonymously to hotels and destinations to do reviews. The site offers downloadable guides to individual destinations across the region and a huge range of feature stories about how to travel on a budget in Southeast Asia. In addition, it has a great message board. Okay, now, on to the facts. The name, Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. Originally named Saigon, it changed its name to Ho Chi Minh City on May 1st, 1975, after the fall of South Vietnam. Many locals still call it Saigon, and no one takes offense to it being called Saigon. So it's a lot easier to say, and you can choose your favorite. The place. It's actually located in southern Vietnam, surrounded by the Saigon River, and about 60 kilometers uh, to the South China Sea. The population. It's the largest city in Vietnam, including all of the surrounding ever-growing districts. It's nearly 9 million people. The population density is very high, as many people live in one house. Saigon is known for war, conical hats, pha, and motorbikes. And we'll talk about many of those things later. The temperatures in Saigon, the city has a tropical climate with an average humidity of about 75% and an average temperature of 28 degrees Celsius or 82 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, A year is divided into two distinct seasons. Rainy season usually begins in May and ends in late November, and dry season lasts from December to April. The best time to come is December to March, but don't let rainy season scare you away because I find it to be very culturally interesting uh, watching life go by during rainy season here in Saigon. The airports. There is an uh, international airport airport called Tan Son Nat. It's new, it's spacious, and it does the job. The domestic airport is right next to it, so it's easy to make connections. And a taxi ride from the airport to the center of town will cost less than 100,000 dong. That's about six U.S. dollars. The price of a pint is about one U.S. dollar to two U.S. dollars. And the price of a dorm bed uh, is about seven dollars. And the price range, or the price of a private room, I would say, is about 15 U.S. dollars a night. And the price of public transport. Actually, one of the downsides to Saigon is that public transport is very poor. The only public transportation is the bus system. Uh, A bus ticket will cost around 40 cents. However, the buses are not very easy to figure out if you don't speak the language. And I'll speak a little bit more on that later. So that wraps up the quick facts. Now, on to the details. The layout. Saigon is organized by districts. Since the city is in a constant state of growth, there's not nice organization to the districts. Uh, You often have no idea when you pass from one to the other, and they fit together like a complicated jigsaw puzzle. My best advice is to find a good map and don't be afraid to ask for directions. The main financial and tourism district is District 1. It is the hub. In District 1, there's the main backpacker district where all of the hostels, guest houses, and budget travel agencies are, plus there's cheap beer and food. Also in District 1 are the main tourist attractions and tourist markets. This is where most tourists spend their time. Now there are other districts to mention. Uh, Other districts of interest are District 5, which is really the home to a large Chinese population in Saigon. And District 2 and Hung District are the two areas that cater to the expat crowd. Hung District is a planned city with wide streets and many Western-type apartment complexes, malls, grocery stores, and cinemas. It's actually quite strange to go out there. You feel like you've entered a whole other world. It's certainly not Vietnam. Um, But it's a nice place to go if you need a break from um, crazy Vietnam. So... Uh, As with most Asian cities, there's a massive amount of construction going on in Saigon as they're trying to handle the ever-growing population and put the necessary infrastructure in place. Throughout the districts, the Saigon River is prominent. It snakes around the city, which can make highway travel very difficult as there aren't many bridges and they tend to get congested very easily. They're rapidly trying to build more bridges, and I hope they get done with that soon. As far as accommodation goes, one of the great things about Saigon is that you can really travel at any budget. So budget accommodations. They're found in the backpacker area around Hung Street and Bui Vien Streets. Just show up with your pack, walk down the little alleys in this area, and you'll quickly find a myriad of budget options. There aren't really many traditional hostels in Saigon. Instead, there are guest houses. These are houses that rent out a room, Uh, You normally have your own private bathroom and share some common areas. Hostels and guest houses will run about $7 to $15 a night. Don't forget that you should always try to negotiate the price. It's really expected in Asia, and you'll find some great deals that way. Now, middle range accommodations. They can also be found in District 1 around Le Tenton Street and Taiwan Lung areas. Uh, there are a number of hotels in this area. In addition, there are many rooms for rent that you can rent out for one week to one month. Just wander around the alleys once again. Uh, you're going to find a number of rooms for rent. There are signs everywhere. These accommodations will run about $30 to $60 US per night for a hotel and about maybe about $100 U.S. a week for a room to rent. And once again, the rooms to rent are definitely negotiable. Uh, As far as upper range accommodations, they can be found all over District 1. You can choose a standard hotel chain such as the Park Hyatt, Sheraton, Sofitel, Move and Pick, Duxton. However, there are also more upscale historical choices such as the Rex Hotel, Hotel Majestic, Caravelle, and Hotel Continental. These hotels have survived the war and were the home to many journalists and writers that have significant historical importance. These will all run you around, I would say, around $120 to $200 U.S. Uh, they're normally outfitted with very nice bars and restaurants and generally serve as a little oasis from the craziness of the city streets. I think my best advice is to consider a budget accommodation, save your money on lodging, or get a room for rent, and then go visit the upscale hotels and enjoy a drink and a view from the rooftop bars where you can watch the traffic go by at a safe distance. Okay, this is a great time to remind you, have a look around Travelfish.org, our sponsor of today's podcast. Travelfish.org has original reviews of places to visit in person by their researchers. You can get an excellent bang for your buck at hotels and guest houses in Saigon, whether you're on a really tight budget or you'd like to a bit of a splurge and a taste of Saigon's colonial past. Not only does Travelfish.org cover a comprehensive range of places to stay, but there are also listings for places to eat and drink, and of course, sites and attractions. It's important in Saigon to get out of the tourist zones, and Travelfish.org can help in this regard. Okay, on to one of my favorite things about Saigon, the food. The food here is spectacular. I often feel very lucky for living abroad in a place with such a wide variety of good food choices. So first off, Vietnam is known for pho. Pha is a type of noodle soup that is eaten here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It can be made in more than 20 variations, but it always has uh, either a flavorful beef broth or a chicken broth base. Everywhere you go, you'll see the locals sitting outside on these little plastic chairs eating pho. If you're adventurous, then I suggest you go eat like the locals at one of the many pavement stands. It's a rewarding experience. However, if you're looking for a more sanitary experience, then stop in to one of the many Pha 24s. It's a fast food Pha restaurant. It's a great way to get an introduction into Pha. They have menus in English, and you sit in a proper-sized table and slurp soup inside amongst air conditioning. When you eat pho, you will get a bowl of broth, meat, and noodles, and then you'll get a side plate of fresh herbs, sprouts, chilies, and onions. This plate of veggies uh, are really to go into the bowl of pho. Just put as much or as little in as you'd like. The raw veggies cook in the hot broth, and after a few minutes, add an amazing flavor to the soup. if you don't want a sidewalk experience or a fast food experience, then go to Fahuá at 260C Pasteur Street. It's a great local place that has indoor seating, fans, and plenty of beer. Plus, you'll be surrounded by locals. Uh, my next favorite food, spring rolls. Spring rolls here are a culinary delight. They come in a number of varieties, and you should definitely try them all. Some are fresh, meaning not fried. Some are fried and served with lettuce leaves and noodles to wrap around the fried portion, kind of like a taco. All of them are fabulous. Just know that if your spring roll is served with lettuce leaves and herbs on a plate, the greenery isn't for decoration. You're actually supposed to wrap your spring roll up with the greenery, dip it in the sauce that they give you, and eat. If you want to check out the wide variety of spring rolls that you can have, then stop into one of the many wrap-and-roll restaurants, a restaurant chain that's just specialized in all types of spring rolls. They also have menus in English, and prices are cheap. You can find them all over the city, and especially in District 1. Vietnamese restaurants. Now, there are plenty of great Vietnamese restaurants throughout the city, ranging from budget to medium prices. One of my favorites is Ho Tuk, Uh, It's opposite the Park Hyatt Hotel, housed in the back courtyard of a former opium refinery. I actually find that all of the best restaurants and bars are often tucked away from the noise and the mayhem down the dark alleys. But don't be scared. Go check them out as they're all well worth it and you'll feel like you've walked back into time. One of my favorite such restaurants is actually a Mediterranean restaurant named Warda, complete with sheesh pipes and Turkish decor. Also in that alley is another great Vietnamese restaurant called An. Besides the great Vietnamese food here, you can also find all kinds of other ethnic food. If you want sushi, head to Le Tintonne Street. There's a sushi place every other storefront. Just don't be surprised if they're nestled between brothels. It's all very safe, and no one bothers you, and you just go about your own business, and you can have great sushi. So, as you might guess, Saigon also has great French cuisine in all price ranges. Some of my favorites are the refinery, uh, which is also located in that opium courtyard I mentioned before. And another great French restaurant is Le Jardin in District 1. You'll mainly find French expats at Le Jardin, but the food is reasonable. They have an outdoor garden with a great atmosphere, and the prices are great. Uh, About $6 for an entree. Now, I'm American, so I periodically get a major craving for cheeseburgers. I never thought I'd find a good burger in Asia until I came to Saigon. A number of bars use Australian beef and make a really good burger, surprisingly. The Irish bars tend to make a good burger, but just remember to order it well done, as I find that the Vietnamese cook all meat here rather rare, uh, even when you ask for it well done. If you want to do some riverside dining, then head off to District 2 for a change of scenery and stop at the deck, an upscale restaurant with seating along the Saigon River where you can watch the big boats go by carrying cargo to and from the Mekong. It's a great chance to get away from the hectic city. It's quiet and the sunset is lovely. Okay, let's talk drinks. One of my favorite things to have daily is a cafe suada, meaning iced coffee with milk. However, before you take the translation too literally, you should know that coffee means Vietnamese coffee, which is really strong, and milk means sweetened condensed milk. Now, the drink itself is refreshing, cheap, and strong. Vietnamese coffee is actually quite good, and if you're here, then you really must try some. The best is when they they actually let it brew for you at the table, and you mix all three ingredients, ice, coffee, and milk, together by yourself. The other drink in Saigon is beer. (laughs) It's cheap, it's cold, and it's served with ice. Yes, that's right, they'll serve you beer with a glass of ice. It's so hot here that many of the locals prefer to drink beer and ice. If you don't want the ice, just dump it out or tell the waiter, but then drink your beer fast before it becomes warm. I've been here long enough that I'm actually used to drinking beer with ice, something I thought I would never do. There are a few local beers, such as Saigon and 333, or Ba Ba Ba. I can't say that they're spectacular, but they do the job. Uh, You can also find uh, fresh beer bars and sit and have Bia Hoi on little plastic chairs and watch the motorbikes world goes by. Uh, Bia Hoi is basically beer from a keg, a fun, cheap alternative, uh, but you may pay the price with a headache the next day. Speaking of headaches, let's move on to transportation. Saigon used to be called the city of bicycles, and now it's called the capital of motorbikes. There are approximately five million motorbikes in the city. This is normally the first thing tourists notice about Saigon. It appears extremely chaotic as traffic operates on Asia rules. Driving in Asia is not like driving in other countries. The traffic operates kind of like a pedestrian mentality meaning they drive very close to each other and almost never look before they turn. Kind of how pedestrians walk. Uh, Within a month of being here, I had a bicycle crash thanks to a taxi that failed to look before he did a U-turn in front of me. So please do be on guard when you're here. It's easiest to simply get a taxi from the airport to District 1, City Center. Uh, It'll cost no more than a 100,000 dong, which is about six U.S. dollars. Now, don't negotiate. Just get in a taxi and tell them to turn on the meter. Leave the terminal, turn left, and breeze by all of the men trying to supposedly help you get a taxi. And go to the taxi queue at the airport, and someone there will help you get a metered taxi. Now, you can easily use taxis to get around Saigon for reasonable prices. Just go out to the street, put your hand up, and one will come by. Always ask them to turn on the meter, and everything goes rather smoothly. I've had a few try to negotiate a fare with me, and I just say, I live here. Turn on the meter, and the problem is solved. Some of the taxi drivers speak average English and know the main sites. However, it's always a good idea to take a map with you and simply point to the location you want to go. It'll save you heaps of trouble. I haven't learned Vietnamese yet. However, the first words of Vietnamese I committed to memory was turn right, turn left, and straight ahead. In my opinion, the most sc- scrupulous taxi companies in Saigon are Vina Sun and Malin. Look for either of these and you can get anywhere. However, if you're an adventure junkie, the other option for transportation is a seom, a motorbike taxi. Now, the word seom literally translates into motorbike hug. You negotiate the fare before you get on, and they provide a helmet, and off you go into the craziness of Saigon traffic. Now, this is how I got around the city for the first four months I was here, by sayom. Now, the downside is it requires that you have to barter every time and it's difficult as a tourist to know what amount you should be bartering down to. Regardless, you're still only talking about three U.S. dollars on average for a ride to most places in and around town. So barter the best you can, and then hop on. You'll find Seom drivers on every corner, and they normally find you before you ever have to look for them. Now, please note, as in the rest of Asia, tipping isn't necessary with any of these modes of transportation the internet. Granted, the topic of internet availability isn't normally part of the Indie Travel Podcast City Guides. However, I felt that it was an important thing to note. One thing to note about Vietnam is that they have wireless internet everywhere. It's completely wired. Everywhere you go in Saigon has free wireless internet, coffee shops, bars, restaurants, hotels, and guest houses. If you're traveling with a laptop, then bring it with you and hop online anywhere you want. Just make sure that you keep an eye on your electronic belongings, like you would do anywhere else in the world. Free Attractions There are a few free attractions in Saigon, but honestly, even the ones you have to pay for are all really cheap, so either way you win. The best thing you can do for free is to see the markets. The two main markets worth seeing are Benton Market in District 1 and Binte Market in District 5. Benton Market is definitely considered the tourist market, as this is where many of the tourists go, and there are many souvenir-type shops crammed into the market. The fascinating thing about the maze of stalls in this market is that it contains everything, and I mean everything. It ranges from tourist places that sell trinkets, lacquerware, chopsticks, knockoff antiques and T-shirts, to more useful things for locals like fabric, shoes, fruit, vegetables, flowers, and kitchenware. Just be aware, you need to go into Benton Market with thick skin. You will be hounded from the moment you walk in, and people will most likely go as far as touching you and trying to guide you into their stall. You also need to know that bargaining is a must. If you don't like bargaining, then my advice is don't go to Benton Market, or any Asian market for that matter. Uh, Bargaining is just part of the Asian experience, and it can actually be fun if you have time and are in the right mood normally start at about 50% of what they quote you and work your way up. You normally agree around 70% of the original price. Actually, my best advice is to shop around first, get prices, and then go back and bargain. This way you'll know what amount to start at and you can form a plan and go back to do your bargaining when you're ready. It's also important to note that every night the streets outside Benton Market turn into a night market. There are things to buy and many temporary outdoor restaurants to choose from. Actually, the restaurant workers will be working very hard to get you to come inside their restaurant. They are, a bit, uh, they are a bit hard to take at times, but choose one and go have dinner after a day of shopping if you feel like staying on the tourist trail. Now, Binte Market is also huge, crowded, and it's a maze of stalls containing more everyday needs for the locals and less touristy stuff. It's more of a real authentic market experience, so I actually prefer it to Benton you'll find them butchering meat at the back of the market and at the front of the market they'll be selling motorbike helmets i love it it it's also less aggressive here and i actually prefer this market to go take photographs as people are quite open um, to having their photographs taken if you ask first another fun thing to do is simply go sit in a vietnamese coffee house Yes, a Vietnamese coffee house, not the Highlands coffee or the Gloria Jeans coffee house. These are merely Western type chains. Go for the real thing. The coffee house culture here is quite fascinating. It's where people go to hang out with friends, have a coffee and watch the world go by. They always have table service and a big list of coffee drinks and fruit juices and smoothies. These places normally range from some really serene and peaceful settings to really loud with bass-heavy music pumping by noon. Whichever kind you decide to go to, just make sure that it's 90% Vietnamese people inside, and then you'll know that you found the real thing. You can also get a great cultural experience by getting up early at 6 a.m. and walking out to the nearby park, where you'll see all of the locals out doing their morning exercises. This consists of tai chi, badminton, walking, running, stretching, and gossiping. I recommend the park behind the Reunification Palace. It's one of the largest, and you'll be entertained for an hour until everyone goes home at 7 a.m. to start their work day. As for other free things to do, you can always follow the tourist trail and make a free stop at the Jade Emperor Pagoda, Notre Dame Church, and the post office. Most city tours will stop at these sites, or you can easily do them on your own. Finally, one of the best free adventures to do is to simply cross the street or sit somewhere at a main intersection in front of Bintan Market, for example, and watch the traffic operate in its controlled chaos. If you don't want to cross the street, then you can sit and watch other people do it. However, if you're brave, then give it a go yourself. If you wait by the curb for a break in traffic, you'll never get across the street. You just have to step out into the oncoming traffic and let the traffic move around you. I personally find it to be similar, uh, a similar feeling to jumping out of a plane where your brain says no, but your body says yes. It's important to know that the vehicles will not stop. They will simply move around you and you simply proceed at a steady, slow pace. Crossing the street in Saigon is really one of the best travel adventures you can do. On to paid attractions. Now, first, let me run through the standard paid attractions. They are listed in every guidebook uh, the Reunification Palace, the War Remnants Museum, and the History Museum. Take a cyclo ride through District 1. These are all cheap attractions and can all be done in one day. I will warn you, the War Remnants Museum is sort of a depressing place. You won't come out of there in a good mood, especially if you're American. However, if you like photography, it's an important stop because it houses some of the best photojournalism pieces covering the war. The city itself doesn't have a huge list of attractions per se, but what they lack in traditional attractions, they make up for in culture. My best advice is to go out and experience Saigon city culture. One of my favorite things to do is to take a cyclo-ride through a new neighborhood. I like to get out of District 1 and explore outside the tourist confines. You can hire a cyclo driver for two and a half hours to take you around the back alleys of District 5 and along the river in District 8 for a mere 12 U.S. dollars. It's a super way to do the sightseeing in the city, and as you get to experience the streets in a comfortable, safe space, you're able to take a myriad of photos and really be a part of the traffic culture for a few hours, which I highly recommend. You can also go to the zoo. Now, I don't recommend the zoo for the animals necessarily, but instead for the grounds. The zoo is also one of those places where if you go early at about 5.30 in the morning, you'll find people out exercising. If you go later, after 7 a.m., the zoo is actually open to the public where you have to buy a ticket, which is only... I think less than a dollar. And it's a nice place to just walk around. It's calm. The flowers are lovely and it'll cost you minimal to get in and see the grounds. Now, seasonal attractions. There aren't many festivals in Saigon. However, if you find yourself here in late January, early February, then you can experience the Tet holiday. This is normally a week-long holiday where the city is buzzing leading up to it. They shut down Nguyen Hue Avenue and put up a massive flower display that's worth seeing. Plus, simply walking around the city at night yields a lot of entertainment at this time as all the families are out on their motorbikes cruising around. Yes, five million motorbikes cruising around with families of four. The park next to Benton Market is actually turned into a huge flower market, a must-see during Tet. Everyone is shopping and excited. However, once the actual week of Tet begins, then the city becomes a ghost town as everyone leaves the city to go back and visit their home villages. If you come during this time, definitely check the tours and attraction schedule carefully to determine what exactly is open at this time. Many of the shops and attractions will be closed for the holiday. Also, as another alternative, if you find yourself here during December 25th time frame, Christmas, they also do a nice job of decorating the city for Christmas and calendar New Year's holidays. Unlike Tet, people actually stay in the city at this time, but it's all decorated with flowers once again, and they put up a big New Year's display in front of Benton Market. Now, uh, close-by getaways. There are three main nearby getaways out of Saigon. All are pretty easy and cheap to get to. First, for the war buffs, take a trip out to the Coochie Tunnels, a large underground network of tunnels that the Vietnamese used and lived in during the war. Be prepared to have to watch a little bit of propaganda first before you get in to actually see the tunnels. In addition, if you're interested in shooting automatic weapons, there's a shooting range nearby. It actually an eerie, or provides an eerie backdrop noise to the tunnel tour. You can do the Kuchi tunnels in a half-day or add on the Dai Temple and make it a full-day excursion from Saigon. The cost for an open tour is about 130,000 dong, or $8. U.S. Dollars. Saigon is also the starting point into the Mekong Delta. I highly recommend going to see what life on the Mekong Delta is like. It's a fascinating way to live, and it's only a short day trip out of Saigon. You can extend this trip to uh, two to three days and go out to many of the main Mekong Delta towns and floating markets. You'll transfer from boat to boat and go deep into the Delta. One-day trips start around 160,000 dong or 10 U.S. dollars, including lunch and all transportation. If you're looking for some relief from the city and want to go to the beach, then I suggest a two-day trip out to Mune Beach. The beach is near the town of Antiette, about a four-hour bus ride from Saigon. The beach is known for its kite surfing. You can take lessons there at many different places. And in addition to the beach, there are a number of other attractions in Mune, such as the fishing village. Get up early at 6 a.m. to go to the fishing village and watch the locals row the little round boats into the beach where they'll sell their catches. Uh, There aren't many tourists, and it's a great way to see local life. You can also go visit the massive sand dunes in and around Munay. It's quite spectacular since you feel as if you've entered the Sahara Desert. Definitely a must-see. A bus ticket to Munay will cost around 100,000 dong or $6.00. U.S. Once you arrive there, there are a number of different accommodations to meet all budgets. All of these prices for Saigon getaways were quoted from Sin Cafe, the best-known tourist operator for independent travelers in Vietnam. Their office is located in the Backpacker District, and they have a well-established network of tours and transportation that will take you throughout Vietnam. Guidebooks. Guidebooks. You can use all of the standard guidebooks such as Lon- Lonely Planet, The Rough Guides. However, if you're looking for something upscale, you can also get the Lux Guide to Saigon, which lists the more luxurious or expensive uh, sides of Saigon. Personally, I like using podcasts for my guides as well as downloadable guides like the Travel Fish guides. I find them much more economical and they don't take up any room in your pack. Another alternative that isn't a guidebook, but has a ton of great information about what's happening in and around Saigon, are the English magazines. Asia Life and The Word are the two that are produced monthly and are full of events, weekend getaways, restaurant reviews, and bar reviews. You can pick either of these magazines up free at any bar or restaurant in District 1. Now, what next? After Saigon, your next stops may be traveling north up to Nha Trang, Hoi An, and Hanoi. Or you can easily easily go west and travel into Cambodia. They are all well-established backpacker routes. Um, favorite memory. Gosh, I have many favorite memories. But there are many good things about Saigon. I guess, however, when you live in a place, um, you also have to deal with the bad. So Saigon isn't really an easy place to live. But I have adjusted to the pace and the culture. My absolute favorite thing about Saigon is the motorbikes. They can also be my most frustrating thing at times, too. Uh, Since I live here, I actually decided to really try to integrate into the culture and learn how to drive a motorbike in the traffic chaos. Learning how to drive here and be a part of the traffic will be my most cherished memory from Saigon, no doubt. If you're brave, then I suggest you try it yourself. You can rent a motorbike for cheap from many places in the backpacker area along Pham Nhu Lao Street. Just walk down the street and the motorbike rentals will find you. So, there you have it, my city, the Saigon City Guide. As a resident here, my best advice is to come here with an open mind and a willingness to interact with the culture and not just see it from behind a bus window. I promise it will be a rewarding experience. I want to thank our sponsors today, TravelFish.org. It's well worth having a good look around TravelFish.org ahead of your trip to Saigon. The site has loads of free information, but you can also buy their... $4.95 downloadable guide to the city. It's much lighter than carrying a a guidebook, and for $4.95, it's a great deal. During your trip, check the site out so you can swap information with other travelers and get the very latest information about where to stay, what to do, and where to eat. Thanks!